Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Stratfordies podcast. I'm Daisy Hale, assistant producer, and I'm here once again with the lovely Sean Brooks. Hiya. Back again. Back again. Um, so, Sean, I've got my fun fact for you this week. Go on. So, you know, on our um, proscenium, there's two F's above at the top. Yeah. And so they stand for, they think they stand for Frederick Fredericks, who is the husband of Dylan, the, the manager who commissioned the theatre, uh, sister, and he was a successful actor in his own right. And there's a superstition that should the letters ever be removed, then the theatre will crumble to the ground. Wow. Yeah. And are you superstitious? I think, yeah, I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to risk it, you know? So let's never remove the double Fs <laughs> yeah. from the proscenium. Oh, so next time you're in the auditorium, look up and you'll see FF. And if they're not there, then run. Then run. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was a good fact. Thanks. So it's my turn next time. Yeah. Okay. As ever, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on email at podcast at stratfordeast.com or send us a tweet at Stratford East or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Theatre World Stratford East. Well, so what are we chatting about today? So, uh, we've just announced Queer Lates. Uh, that'll be on Thursday the 8th of November. And that is our late night after, sh- after the Wolves show. Um, on that evening so there'll be free entertainment in the bar from nine and then we'll all file back into the theatre for ten o'clock sharp uh, for an hour and a half queer cabaret extravaganza that yours truly has put together oh very nice and like you just said there's going to be a bit of drag kings and queens There'll be burlesque, a yeah. bit cabaret. Yeah. Why was it important for you to create this event? So it was one of the first things that Nadia wanted to do, actually, when she started. We had a chat about it. The thing that I was really uh, keen about was that it wasn't just another, like, high-profile white drag queen with some novelty programming around the sides, that it wasn't just playing to that, like very mainstream, uh, popular audience, you know, that... that no tea, no shade. Yeah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> those events work, those events work, but also we have this wonderful, like, the East End of London is where alternative queer cabaret and drag and burlesque really originated in the UK, and it's where it's really uh, different and popular and has something that a lot of the people who are performing I've spoken to about called true queerness, and something that um, is diverse, as diverse as the community is, has uh, uh, people of colour and trans people and men and women and everything in between, everyone in between, um, all, also all part of the community, all feel, uh, I mean, feel more included. And that I don't necessarily always see on larger stages when these types of events come along. And so it, I, what was really important to me was that, that we reflected that 
on our stage rather than going straight in on some, you know, a very something or someone that's already hugely popular and mainstream and has space in other places because I think something that we forget uh, is that when you make space for other people, you're not losing your own, you're just creating more space. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like a pie situation. There's No. <laughs> like, we don't run out. Yeah. You just have more. You're so right. And like, like you said, the East End has such vibrancy in the queer community. Yeah. And what's exciting about Queer Lates is that it will be on a bigger stage and it is in a bigger arena. Yeah. Um, can you talk us through some of the acts yeah. who are going to be strutting their stuff? <laughs> so I'm, I'm so excited about this. I've been part of this community for nearly, I mean, in London, two years. I do events outside of here. I have my own drag king troupe. Um, and shout out to Pex. Shout out to Pex. <laughs> um, but, um, and I took... Uh, so one of the performers who we've got, Ruby, I took her Queerless course earlier this year um, and really got to experience her as a teacher and someone who's influential in the community and someone who really cares about her craft and um, what it creates for people. And that, it, you know, so Queerless maybe to, to, to uh, define is, uh, or the way that I have heard Ruby define it is that it's burlesque without the male gaze and that was really important and so yeah I think um, so there's people like Ruby who is a, a international superstar she's originally from Canada um, but has been in the UK for a long time really well respected performer um, there's two drag kings Benjamin Butch and Chio we, we had a we had a king we had a king event last year that Ben and Chio performed at, um, and Ben actually introduced me to Chio, and I thought that they were incredible. Um, they have such um, presence. The work they do is so important and political, and yet accessible at the same time because it's so enjoyable. Um, and they'll be doing solo acts for us, and also be doing their own double act, which I'm very excited about. Um, then we have the fierce Frida Slaves, um, who I first saw, at, I think I first saw them at Johnny Woo's Unreal Variety, um, which is happening um, again this year, um, and they they are just one of the best dancers in heels that I've ever seen. Um, it's an experience. It is an experience. They are so good at what they do um, that I just can't wait to also just see them do it on our stage mm. um, especially with lights and sound and space and all of that this is next level stuff yeah 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 this... um, and who else have we got well our host Reese's Pieces became, was very uh, recommended to me I've seen them perform a few times. Lip Sync um, Champion. Lip Sync 1000 Champion this year. Um, and just so full of energy, works so hard, uh, gigs all the time. Um, 
and deservedly so. Um, and I think they're gonna. We've had a really good chat about how to make this a really special night, and I'm really excited about that. Mm. Um, we've got some special headliners as well. We have the Gals Aloud, which I was so uh, excited to get. Um, most of it's made up of six queens, all of whom I um, admire and have seen perform separately, but never together um, as Gals Aloud. And being the you know the basic side of me that just wants to indulge in some cheesy get girls allowed tribute. Don't go knocking girls allowed. <laughs> let's let's like Sand of the Underground is an absolute banger. It is a banger. And I will fight you for it. <laughs> um but I'm I've n ne- I haven't seen them perform together and I'm I'm very, very excited to see what they do. Um I know that there are some queens to be reckoned with in that group. I cannot wait the excitement levels just around the building oh and then we've got the bar entertainment as well absolutely the pre-show from what was it from nine o'clock which is free in the bar um so we've got dolly trolley who you'll hear a bit more from later in this podcast um and we've got kate butch who's an old friend of mine love it um doing a turn and uh yeah so me and dolly had a little meeting last night actually about what she's going to do and it all sounds very fun there's going to be games it's going to be raucous you might get a vegetable oh bring on the aubergine (laughs) well i love that it all sounds so much fun and i can't wait to see it happen um like we said tickets are on sale now the the show is on thursday the 8th of november um you can get tickets on our website at stratfordeast.com. Next up, I chat to Ed, otherwise known as Dolly Trolley, um, about all things drag and fabulous. Hello, Ed. How are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. How's it going today? Uh, today is good. Um, I didn't have any breakfast, but had vegetable sushi for lunch. Oh, lovely. And now I'm here, so it's actually, uh, yeah, good day. Sounds like a good day to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, let's do the basics. How did you get into drag? How did I get into drag? So, I got into drag at the kind of early 2017. Um, I actually did a course. Uh, You can do courses. It was uh, one where you kind of went once a week. Um, mm-hmm. And it was held at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, okay. uh, one of the um, best, most famous, oldest queer cabaret venues in London. Um, check it out if you haven't already. Um, and it was run by a performer called Michael Twaits, um, oh, I who Michael. I love Michael to bits. They are one of my favourite people and performers. And um, they run a course called The Art of Drag. It's still going now. I think he runs it twice a year um, with an intake of about 12 each time. And... I think I saw that course advertised on Facebook and had had the concept of doing drag on my mind for a while yeah. and had thought, you might be quite good at this. But there were lots of things that I was scared of, like, oh, I don't know how to do makeup, I don't know how to pad my hips, I don't know how to do all these other things. Mm-hmm. So I thought, go to a course and learn all these things. Got to this course and it was... Um, and, and I think the most important thing that I learned was that those things that I was worrying about, I didn't need to bother worrying about I didn't need them and that 
it was um, an insight into what other drag and queer cabaret performers do. Right. The first half of it was um, spending time with other kind of established and well-known performers who all had different styles and them talking to you about the kind of things that they did and then you working on um, a performance of your own to show at a showcase performance at the end of the course um, at the Royal Boxall Tavern. And um, it was really helpful to me to then just have spent to be able to spend time with people who were performing on the scene, doing well, killing it, and being very queer and all doing different things with their performance. Yeah. So I learned that, oh, you might not have makeup that is on fleek or whatever, who cares? Like, yeah. do your makeup how you want to do your makeup, and if you want to watch a YouTube tutorial, then you can. Yeah. Um, and that it wasn't necessarily just about trying to look like a woman, in my case, wanting to be a drag queen, that it was much more than that um, much more complex or simple or however complex or simple you want to make it yeah um, and I think at the start of that course I just thought that I was going to put on Britney songs and be fierce and then <laughs> actually by the end of it that was totally not what I was doing and um, making things that were um, quite silly and daft yeah um, but with a smattering of talent thrown in <laughs> <laughs> well I know yeah I mean I think that is the thing people do think that drag is often just about makeup and it's really yeah, not it's, it's so not like if you're good at makeup like oh my gosh I am in awe of you and yeah. like my makeup's okay and like it used to be worse I've had a bit of a glow up recently <laughs> um, but that's like one thing and there are lots of people who do drag in lots of different platforms um, I consider myself um, my main forte is my performance and performing and being on a stage yeah. um, and there are some people who are more looks based um, for modelling on there are some people who are more focused on kind of makeup face and posting things on Instagram or online yeah. um, which is just as valid and enjoyable for people to watch we're all audiences in some kind whether you're looking at it on your phone or in an audience at a theatre or a bar mm-hmm. um, so there are people who do it in lots of different ways and they're all very impressive and I think that I just kind of realised that I'm passionate about performance and that's where I wanted to put my efforts in and then kind of over time makeup improved as well um, which is a a little bonus and would you say I know that some people certainly because as you know I I work with pecs and um, they're all different types of (laughs) shout out to pecs Um, they're all different types of drag kings and um, I know that we've been in interviews before where people said oh are people really like their kings and it's you know some people are drastically different because they're created a massively different persona to themselves yeah. and some people are very very similar to their king or queen yeah um what would you say yours is i'm quite similar mm-hmm. um there are people who have these kind of other characters that are created and again kind of character drag yeah. is another kind of branch um i think that well it depends on what i'm doing because in my kind of hosting style or when i'm kind of on the mic entertaining i'm very much an extension of me but it's me just kind of times by 20 <laughs> uh, so it's an exaggerated and heightened me um with a bit more confidence and kind of boost behind you uh-huh. um and in a slightly different light but it's still very much um me it's not a um a contrived fictional character yeah um, which i also enjoy watching um but then i do um a lot of uh burlesque performances and cabaret yeah. performances uh, which are more act based like I'll have some kind of cabaret acts mm-hmm. that I've kind of got built got me costume <laughs> can just kind of pack it in my bag go do it and yeah. um, those are um, more like kind of miniature pieces of theatre and in those I do tend to play other characters 
Um, for example, I have one where I am Princess Leia. I have one when I am a cat. I have one when I'm a bird. I have one when I'm one of Asia O'Hara's butterflies. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so I do like a Madonna tribute. So there are ways in which I kind of will still pay homage to other people or things. Um, but I think my drag character is definitely just an exaggeration of me. Mm-hmm. How, how long have you actually been doing it? And when did you do um, the course? I started the course, yeah, this January 2017 and had my debut at the end of March 2017. So it's been a year and a half. Yeah. And um, yeah, straight after that showcase, it, it, it went quite well. And that was a really good kind of springboard for me. And there was kind of producers and things invited to that, which got me my first few gigs, um, which was very good. And then from there, yeah, you do another gig and, you know, someone will see you and want you at that. And then there's other things you can apply for. Like I've done a fair few burlesque festivals, which yeah. is where you might send your stuff to people and they say, yes, we want to book you for this. Um, and I guess over time, I just kind of built up my repertoire and the kind of types of places that I performed. And um, I'm now a bit of a... Yeah, fairly busy. Yeah, it, it keeps me entertained very nice, and exhausted. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not uh, it's not an easy lifestyle, is it? You know, you're 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 still having. I mean, a lot of us still having to maintain our day jobs. Yes, like I still have a day job, and I on my social media, I kind of try not to make any mystery of the fact that I'm also a real human being on the side, um, and I do think you have to have a creative outlet um, to stop you from going mad, yeah. um, and that. It does really help me, and I enjoy kind of my... Like, it might have started as something that I thought, I will enjoy this, this will be fun, it'll be a fun hobby, but I can't really do anything without taking it really seriously. Although it is essentially something frivolous. Yeah. I really enjoy taking it seriously, doing it the best that I can, and it is what I'm passionate about. I enjoy my day job, um, without slandering them too hard. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's not... It's it's the drag and the performance and the cabaret that really what... I'm passionate about and I want to do my best in and um, what I spend most of my time doing. And why do you think that, because obviously, I, I mean, the way that I always like to think about drag and queer performance is that it's own, it's its own little form of activism. Yes. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be making a huge statement, but it, it is like its own mini tiny form of activism. And yes, like what, absolutely. What, I mean, it, how, do you feel like the same or do you feel like do you ha- how important is drag to you as as, as a queer person in the world it's very important and there are um you're writing that it is a political statement and a form of activism in itself that you can use your performance to make a political statement, like being very direct about what you're doing or kind of making an act that is on a theme that is for um a certain message but just the fact of getting up and going out and doing it definitely has a big message i think it's a lot about um visibility and pride and power in your queerness and taking something that a lot of us have kind of had struggle because of like either you know today or in previous generations has been a cause of struggle and then we're actually saying do you know what this is something that's blooming amazing Mm. let's celebrate this and actually use this specifically like specifically using your queerness to go on a stage and tear it up and have people having a wonderful wonderful time yeah um and i think it's really important for queer people to have role models or people to be able to look to or even if a drag performer isn't a role model as such just to know that there are other people who and kind of culture that is queer i remember when i was kind of a kid and a teenager um this poor closeted gay boy in yorkshire (laughs) (laughs) um I didn't really know many queer people or yeah. even if 
there was you know kind of stuff online or maybe stuff that you could go see that would just made you feel like there's a space for you would mm-hmm. have been really really helpful I think in my later teens when I was still in the closet um there were even some kind of youtubers who were just queer and uh, who I would kind of watch and it was just oh essentially God, for like just yeah it was like in your like closeted <laughs> period when you're like just kind of watching on repeat just queer people <laughs> like gay couples and it's just kind of like what am I doing like, when um, will I be happy but it was just, yeah it was just kind of like you didn't have it was a way of having a kind of a I mean a one-sided conversation but a one-sided conversation with someone and um being visible is really important um when we I think today when we're recording this is actual national coming out day oh it is isn't um, it and um I think being visible visible and something that people would aspire to, I think it's really important. And the same goes for whether you're kind of a professional person in a kind of working environment. Like, as I say, I have a day job and I'm very clockably a homosexual man. And <laughs> I kind of, I'm quite pleased about that because I'm like, do you know mm. what? Yeah, the, the, these things shouldn't conflict each other. And I think people should have people that they can look to and say, this is a queer person who's also badass. Like, you can be the both of them. This is not something to be ashamed of. Um, and there is a space in the community for people who are super hella queer yeah yeah and I think that I used to find as well at uni because I was always I was I mean I'm just a visibly queer person yes (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) it's is but but people would then you know and I I find as well in doing pecs and you know being in control of our social media accounts and things like that um people open up to you because they find it they find finding their queerness and finding the politics within what you're doing and your performance more accessible yes because they connect with that in a different way and you've made them feel celebratory about themselves as opposed to um another narrative yeah and by kind of creating that space or kind of like acknowledging all the different types of identities people and bodies you you're kind of saying to people like I get it like I I understand and appreciate you I get it you're not weird or peculiar or anything like I get it and like you can fit in here and nobody would bat an eyelid Um, and it's like funny because we talk about this stuff which is actually like really important to people and when I moved to London and then I started doing drag not soon that soon afterwards it's really helped me find a space and it's a couple of years since I came out but I'm still kind of growing into myself and growing into my queerness but being a part of a queer community has really helped me be able to access kind of my queerness or not feel um, like I've got to turn myself down or be ashamed mm. of myself. Like I've definitely noticed my personality and my aesthetic in real life change because I've been involved in drag and that's something that is one of the best things that's come of it. Yeah, and I, and I find that the London drag community, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had... I mean, I find that everyone's really quite welcoming. Yeah, generally. it's... Like, yeah, generally, a few exceptions, if you <laughs> If any of my haters are listening. No, people are generally very lovely. Like, it's one of the, um, like, a lot of my friends that I spend a lot of my time with now are people that I've met performing with or at shows. Um, there's very much an instant warmness between everyone. Kind of, um, if you turn up at a show and there's someone else in the lineup that you haven't met before, you're just like, there's an instant warmness and you're yeah. just like, we are instantly friends because yeah. we know that we both do this thing and we have that in common and like, you must be a cool person if you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really amazing. And then sometimes I'll kind of go out with some people who are not of that kind of circle. And, you know, you're kind of meeting a new person and people are so kind of shy and coy and, like, worried yeah. about speaking to new people. 
and it's just like, oh my gosh, can't we all just be friends? Like, come <laughs> on. Um, so yeah, people are lovely and everyone, it's very supportive and like there are lots of competitions and things going on in London, but still like within competitions, there's still kind of a lot of support for each other and everybody yeah. wishing each other well. And like when you see one of your friends who's like killing it and doing amazing things, it's very much a supportive and positive thing there aren't many people who are trying to knock you down yeah and I think that there is a huge difference between like turning up for a show in a quiet space as opposed to turning up for a club night like I think that yes the the, the, the atmosphere is completely different like you said everyone is there to support each other which yeah. is the best and thing for and part it, of the reason for those things is to for people to feel included and to kind of create a community or create somewhere for the community to exist it's all about meeting other people and feeling a part of something so the, the point of it is to meet other people or enjoy the company of the people who you're with um, and yeah I've met loads of fabulous people who mm. are very close friends um, so I wouldn't be without it. Do you think there's anything that we need to change in the, the London drag community the London cabaret community maybe is a better word? Um, yeah um, I think that obviously kind of queer um, topics or kind of the um, kind of movements that are happening and the kind of points for activism, particularly now with um, kind of trans issues and gender issues, is something that's very much at the forefront mm-hmm. of kind of queer debate at the moment. Like we've we've kind of, although you know, work still to be done, etc. But kind of the kind of oh, I'm a bit gay thing. We've we've kind of dealt with that, still dealing with it, but we understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah, trans non-binary and gender issues are a hot topic at the moment, and so I think that. There are kind of some people who just keep making kind of slip-ups and it's, you know, maybe something that comes from a place of just having not had discussions before and then you say something that's actually quite offensive to somebody or you've not thought about before. Um, So I think we all need to be making sure we're educating each other and also being, um, if you are aware that there's something that you're not the most informed about, making yourself informed about it so that if you are putting on an event that you're making an inclusive space that isn't excluding anybody. Um, And I do also think that it's important to kind of stand up for people that need supporting and have allyship and um, I think there are people who are in very influential positions within queer communities and there are people who are using their voices and I think that's something that needs to continue to happen and and be made the most of is to kind of use your platform within a queer community to um, spread good messages and inform people because there is still um, kind of little bits of kind of prejudice, discrimination, hate within the queer community itself um, and it would be lovely if that wasn't there um, <laughs> uh, so I think yeah, people using their queer platforms and um, again you are somebody who lots of, like you'll be in a venue lots of queer people watching you, listening to what you're saying um, just making sure that you are thinking about everybody that is there, acknowledging everybody and not excluding anybody Yes. And which lots of people are doing very well. Um, but uh, there are, yeah, sometimes it happens when it's not the case. It's about making space, and, it, and I think the thing that people forget that is that making space doesn't mean reducing your own. Yes, absolutely. It's just making sure that there's more space for everyone to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and that we shouldn't, you know, flaunt our privilege. Yes. And I think that there's. I think it should also be realised somehow that there's there are so many different types of queer people, mm-hmm. and the kind of idea of mainstream queerness is the kind of 
gay man who loves saying Yars Queen and watching somebody death drop. And yes. I enjoy that as much as the next gay man. But there's lots of other different types of queerness and lots of other different queer people and the gay man is not the mainstream. And I think that it probably has been the mainstream because that's the, the world. Mainstream in the, the, world. the mainstream yeah. in the world is, yeah. is, is men. So then when you're within the queer community, men loving men, yeah, they've been kind of made the mainstream and the one that people are bothered about. Um, but, and which is like fantastic to be a part of the queer lates here at Stratford. Thank you. It's not, you know, gay men, hell, come and you will have an amazing time, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. But that is, is, I feel like it's not the target audience uh, specifically of the event and it is for pe- queer people of all um, places on the rainbow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dolly's going to be joining us yes Dolly will be in the bar in the bar where I must come and hang out <laughs> uh, at the for the the free pre-show entertainment yes uh, from 9pm 9pm what can we expect give us a what little taste what can you expect um, well um, I'm described as very high energy and uh, in fact one of my most common reviews is I am exhausted just from watching so <laughs> bring a towel to, do- to dab your brow um, we'll have a few perf- little performances from me there's also Kate Butch is going to be joining us yes. and um, having a little twirl um, but we'll be playing some uh, good old stupidy draggedy games mm-hmm. and kind of interactive things with the audience we won't tell you too much um, but if you do come then it is something that um, you should not be afraid of getting involved in <laughs> is what I'll say maybe you'll have to put a wig on I don't know um, I think there will also be prizes um, won't tell you what they are now you'll have to come and find out um, but yes um, I'm generally very daft and stupid and frivolous about the serious serious about the frivolous um, so yeah campery and buffoonery um, and I'll probably dance a bit and move my lips and pretend I'm singing somebody else's song <laughs> Lip syncing. Lip syncing. I've one? heard of it before. But <laughs> Did you do the whole course? <laughs> yeah, I'm ill that week. Um, Ed, thank you so much for coming and chatting to me. Thank you for having me. Um, you can catch Ed, aka Dolly Trolley, mm-hmm. here at Stratford East on the 8th of November from 9pm for Queer Lates. Much thanks to Dolly Trolley for joining me. You can see her and some other fabulous acts on Thursday the 8th of November here at Stratfordies for Queer Lates. Make sure you get your tickets now. You can get them at stratfordies.com. Wear the highest heels you damn well can. <laughs> on our next episode, we are talking to playwright Sarah Delap and director Ellen McDougall about their play, The Wolves which is running at Stratford East from Wednesday the 24th of October. So don't miss that. See you next time. Bye. Bye.